It's your girl, Marisa, and you are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. The Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast is sponsored in part by Holy Grail Clothing Company, an American lifestyle brand presented by the Regal Brand Incorporated. Discover high-quality handcrafted essentials from their collections for men, women, and children. Podcast subscribers can take 15% off their entire purchase with discount code HEARDTHAT15. That's H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5 when they shop the virtual retail store at HolyGrailClothingCompany.com. That's HolyGrailClothingCO.com. Holy Grail Clothing Company, wear your crown. I absolutely love doing volunteer service. I have met the most amazing people and some extraordinary kids as well. The cool thing that kids will always ask for when I am volunteering is books, if we have books available for them to take home because their passion and love for reading. There's an amazing author out there by the name of Trevor Romaine who has such cool books for kids that are fun and awesome with simple stories that kids can relate to and parents as well. The Trevor Romaine Company has a diverse collection of social and emotional learning resources to help children and their families become healthier, happier, and more confident. All heard that, listeners. If you go on trevorromaine.com today, you get an exclusive 15% off your complete order by using the code HEARDTHAT, H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5, at trevorromaine.com. Trevor Romaine, no E at the end of Romaine. Dot com today. What's up, Heard That Nation listening in the United States and around the world? Thank you for listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. I am excited and love me an award season, and I have the right guy with me that is back on the podcast. If you're watching, subscribe, hit that subscribe button right there on the YouTube. But he is here to discuss all things Oscars with me as Oscars are getting ready to come up on April 25th, back with me. And again, as I say, and I said it in the previous episode when he was on, if there was a Star Wars trivia contest for a million dollars, I would select him in a heartbeat to be on my team. Ryan Ellerman, welcome back to the Heard That Podcast. Hello, 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 hello. I'm so, so, so excited to be back. I can't tell you how much I've been looking forward to this. 
this is going to be a great discussion. And as we said before, we even jumped on here, like he and I have notes upon notes upon notes for all of those that love award season as much as we mm -hmm. do. This is like the epitome, uh, the climax, if you will, the Oscars again on April 25th. We cannot wait to dive in. But as I was telling him before we came on the show, for some reason, I became a, a psychiatrist to many of those that love Bridgerton. I think, Ryan, you may have introduced me to or somebody did. And I binge watched the whole first season. I absolutely loved it. Can't wait for the second season because Shonda Rhimes, for some reason, just can't, he, she can't do any wrong. So it was she announced can't. a week or two ago that the leading star, the guy that played, the actor that played uh, Simon Duca Hastings, Reggae Jean Page, he is gone. He's no longer going to be on the show, not continuing on, will not be part of season two. And I heard all kinds of Bridgerton broken hearts everywhere. Uh, people that knew, and I think it was very few, including you and I, that knew that uh, the series, the books itself, it focuses on the Bridgerton uh, children. And then this next series, uh, the next season, I believe is going to focus on Anthony. I cannot wait. Um, I, I'm a little sad that he's gone, but I, I was prepared ahead of time that he was not going to be uh, part of the cast. Yeah, I so I had also read that each of the different books focused on one of the different Bridgerton children. So I was like, so obviously he won't be the main character next season, but I thought surely he must still have some kind of a small role. So even I was just the tiniest bit shocked. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess I understand the story and I'm going to fingers crossed hope that there is a cameo in the future. Maybe. I hope so too, because that would make sense. Uh, Daphne is, you know, continuing to be the wife and raising their child. And I don't want to give too much away. If those who have not seen it, you must be living under a rock because yes. the first season is absolutely amazing, which is all the hype leading up to the second season, which is coming soon. So everybody just, Dry your little Bridgerton tears. It's going to be amazing. I know she won't let us down and she will not disappoint. And speaking of disappointment and all things exciting, let's dive into these Oscar noms because I got some stuff to say. And I know that Ryan is going to share his expertise and his thoughts about the Oscars itself. So again, the Oscars is going to be a little bit different because again, we're still dealing with social distance and we're still, you know, slowly but surely coming out of this pandemic. So I know that a few weeks ago, they were saying that it was mandatory for those that were nominated to show up in person, but you know, they backtracked that real quick, realizing, hey, I mean, yeah. since we're still living in a pandemic, we're all not gonna be there. So Zoom it is, I know some of the people that are presenting will be there live, as we saw in different um, uh, award show outlets, we saw it in the SAG Awards, we saw it uh, with the Golden mm -hmm. Globes and everything like that there, so, but, some of these nominations, and, and you can elaborate further for me because I, I was reading through them and I was looking through them and I was, you and I were talking a lot with some of the movies and uh, those that got nominated in, in these categories. And happy for some, head scratcher for some, and some of them that I just don't understand why they didn't get the accolades or the nominations yeah. for this. So we'll dive right into it. Uh, actress in the supporting role. Role we got Glenn mm. Close for Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, Glenn Close to me just can't Glenn do Close. no wrong. And I just when is she gonna get an Oscar? I don't know. 
Olivia Coleman, the father. And I became a fan of Olivia Coleman when I saw her for her Academy Award in The Favorite. Mm -hmm. And then seeing her Iconic. in The Crown. <sighs> Iconic. I Iconic. Um, Maria Bakalova, Borat, subse Borat, subsequent movie film, and the title is just forever. I think they should win an award for the longest title ever. <laughs> they should, yes. Very long title. And I'm I hate like, at the award shows when they read it all out. I'm like, just say Borat 2. It was so interesting. I'm like, Borat 2. And I'm going, okay, I didn't realize that Borat, that whole title was in there. So it was people want to know it's Borat subsequent movie film delivery of prestigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan that took Beautiful. up like two pages in a book <laughs> 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 Amanda Seyfried and Mank she was just glorious glorious loved it and you Zhang Yun and Minari, Minari Oh my goodness. Um, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. You recommended that movie to me. I don't think I was fully prepared for the amount I wasn't of either. waterworks <laughs> that I was going to have. And my favorite out of that, and I want you to elaborate uh, on yours uh, for sure. Amanda Seyfried, when I saw Mank, I saw Mank before I saw Minari. And I'm going, oh my gosh, she's brilliant. She captivized, captor, you know, just brings the full essence of. Um, Marion Davies, the, the mm -hmm. you know, back in, you know, I believe the 30s, 40s actress. Yeah. Did so well with that. And then I saw Minari and I saw Yu Jung Yeon and her character that she played. And oh my gosh, just absolutely brilliant. Great. This is her first nomination. Amanda Seyfer is yeah. her first nomination. Maria Bakalova, it's her first nomination. And then you got mm -hmm. the veterans in there, Olivia Coleman and Glenn Close. I yeah. am leaning towards Yoon Jung Yoon for Minari. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? I'm kind of leaning towards the same, honestly. Um, this supporting actress category this year is very interesting because it is a lot of newcomers. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Olivia Coleman, who has already won an Oscar. Mm -hmm. And then you have Glenn Close, who is one of the most it's due actresses. It's time. This is her eighth nomination, I think. Mm -hmm. So, and if we remember, the last time she was nominated was a couple years ago, and she lost to Olivia Coleman, and that was a big surprise upset. Yes. Um, so, I think it's interesting that they're both nominated together again. Um, it would be interesting if Olivia Coleman maybe had another surprise win. I don't think that's going to happen this year. Um, but I'm putting my money also on Young Jun Young. I think that she won the SAG award, which is one of the most important predictors to who's going to win an Oscar. Usually mm -hmm. whoever SAG votes on is usually who will win an Oscar because a lot of members of SAG are also members of the Academy. Right. Um, so I think that she's definitely kind of the front runner right now in that category, but Amanda Seyfried definitely could be the spoiler. Um, mm -hmm. I think that she's kind of one of the main standout performances in Mank. So I could definitely see her pulling out a win. She's one of those actresses that has been around for a really long time, has kind of, you know, put in the work. She's got all sorts of different stuff from Mean Girls to now Mank. <laughs> so it would be nice She's to see her as an actress, win. Her craft. Yeah. She's involved in, in, in her craft. She's one of those ones where I just highly respect where, again, you know, we saw her in, in, in on a soap opera. She started off in a soap opera from the first time I mm -hmm. saw her, All My Children. And then evolves into this actress. 
you know, on Mean Girls and, you know, her comedy, uh, comedic timing in that movie. And then you, as I got done watching Mank, I'm like, okay, this girl is just captivating and, and uh, evolving in her craft. And, mm. and kudos to her for, you know, the nomination. I, you know, again, if she's spoiled, it's, it's spoiler. If she does win it, that's well-deserved because people really need to see this film. I love that it was in black and white. I love that it, it, it captivated old Hollywood and the storyline of Mank. Um, it, it was just, it was absolutely, her, her, her performance was absolutely brilliant in, the, in that movie. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, actor in a supporting role, Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of Chicago 7. He was good. I, I, did, I, was, yeah. I wasn't buying what he was selling. I'm like, okay, let me, let me just, can he pull off something serious? I mean, I saw him in Les Miserables. And then, you know, I just think of Borat and Ali G and everything yeah. else. But he, <laughs> he surprised me in this role. It did very well. Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, I believe this is his first Oscar nom. Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant performance in that movie. Uh, Paul Rossi, Rossi, Sound of Metal. Dark film. But he was good. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah. Now, school me on this, Ryan, because I just found this. This is one of the ones I found to be a head scratcher because yes. Daniel Kaluuya, to me, was a lead actor, but he's in a supporting role. And this isn't the first time where we saw actors and actresses that led a movie become you know, nominated in a supporting role because why? It just tells you ahead of time that one, the loaded field of the supporting actor or actress category, there's already gonna be a sheer uh, clear favorite in that category. So for him to be in the supporting role, I'm like, okay, he led the movie. I can see Lakeith Stanfield being in there because they're both from that movie, both brilliant, brilliant performances. This is the first time I've ever seen a movie three times and loved it. And that was Judas and the wow. Black Messiah. Three, three times. Great movie. Three times. Uh, great movie. Uh, absolutely this category to me is loaded uh, because I saw all the movies. Ooh, Daniel Kaluuya for me. Um, He won the Golden Globe. He won the SAG. Uh, I just just see him taking the the Oscar in this this category. Absolutely. I think that he has the strongest narrative going into Oscar night. You know, he's had a lot of really great performances over the last couple of years kind of culminating in this you know, really fantastic performance. Um, it definitely helps that he's in supporting actor kind of giving a lead performance as we kind of discussed. Um, so to kind of touch on that, um, from what I have read about this whole situation about what happened with this is that basically at the Oscars, the studios will campaign actors in certain categories, but at the end of the day, it's up to the voters to decide what category they want to vote which actor in. So Warner Brothers, for their four-year consideration campaign, they ran Lakeith Stanfield in Best Actor and Daniel Kaluuya in Supporting. I'm assuming probably because they thought Daniel Kaluuya would have a better chance winning in Supporting Actor. And this is just the thing that studios and the Oscars like to do when there's two people that are could be in the same category, both kind of leading the movie. They decide one of them is the lead and one of them is supporting. We saw it a couple of years ago with Green Book. We saw it with The Favorite a couple of years ago. 
Um, it's always a little silly when it happens. And mm -hmm. it's definitely, um, you can tell it's the studio saying, let's hedge our bets on this actor winning this award because they have a better chance of winning in this category. Um, but the confusion that happened was that uh, there were enough Academy members that voted for Lakeith in supporting and Daniel in supporting and not enough to vote either of them in best actor. Mm. So they both ended up in supporting actor, even though they're kind of both the leads of that movie. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a mess, but um, I'll be happy to see hopefully one of them win. Yeah, that, that, that is true. I'm glad you cleared it up because I've, I've seen this as of late and I'm going, okay, didn't they leave the movie? Why are they in supporting? You know, yeah. my thought process about it, it's like, okay, well, basically the Academy kind of in a way the voters and the powers that be is telling on themselves in the lead category because yes. they're telling this person, I know you, your movie and your work is absolutely amazing, but you have no chance of winning it in this particular category. Mm -hmm. So we're going to put you in this one. And uh, like I said, every single one of these actors were, were amazing. What were your thoughts about Sasha Baron Cohen's performance in The Trial of Chicago 7? He was really good in it. Um, I kind of like seeing him do like a more straightforward dramatic role. He's in it a couple of times now. Um, but I really, really thought he was good in that movie. I thought that movie had, you could pick any one of the actors in that movie and if one of them could have been nominated and it would have been like, yep, that's the one to nominate. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm glad that he was the one that they kind of chose to nominate because I think that he gave a really fun performance and a really kind of deep emotional one as well. I think so too. I think every single one of those actors, as you said, just captivated the characters, of the, the people that were actually of that because it's based off of a true story. And you didn't even, to me, you didn't even see the actor that was portraying the person, the, the real life person. You saw the real life person brilliantly acted through the actor. And mm -hmm. kudos to Sasha Baron Cohen for getting that nomination for the Trial of Chicago 7. As you said, any one of them could have got that. Like if they expanded this category, there's several other people from that movie that I believe should have been in there to get the supporting role. Um, yeah. It's it just absolutely an amazing movie for people to check out. Then we get to the actress in a lead role. And I got questions on this one too. <laughs> this, this is one of the most kind of, we got, we don't know what's going to happen in this category. I feel like yes, because it's kind of all over the place. It, all over the place because, and I'll, let me read the nominations. I'm going to tell you why. Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andrew Day, the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. Great to see Vanessa Kirby because she was brilliant in The Crown. If you've not seen the early seasons of The Crown, she's absolutely great as Prin Princess Margaret. Uh, Frances McDermott, to me, who just, she, I mean, she had me at Fargo, okay? Just had me at Fargo in Nomadland. And Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Now, I, what I find interesting, Ryan, is that Andrew Day is nominated for an Oscar, but she was not nominated for a SAG Award. And that yes. path of, you know, if you win the SAG, it leads up to, you know, possibly you winning the Oscar. So I, I was just... I, I thought about that when the SAG Awards and the nominations came out that her name completely didn't even be for anything, either, you know, supporting or a lead, but she got the Oscar nomination. How, how, how did she get missed in, in, in all that? I honestly don't know. I know that there's a lot of politics involved in who gets to nominate um, each category in the SAG, because I think with the way it works in the SAG Awards is that they have nominating committees where it's like a select group of people get to nominate. And then the whole body of the Screen Actors Guild gets to vote on the awards. Mm 
-hmm. Whereas with the Oscars, the actors branch votes on who the nominees will be, and then everyone gets to vote on who the winner will be. Um, So I guess maybe the actors in the Academy probably responded to it better than SAG. I think also what probably happened with this, because the United States versus Billie Holiday was kind of one of the more later releases, Mm-hmm. I'm thinking what might have happened is that maybe SAG just didn't get to see it in time for enough people to vote for it. But then by the time the Oscars came around, a little bit more people had seen it. We had seen her win a Golden Globe already by the time they were doing nominations. So I'm sure her winning that Golden Globe put her on the radar for the people that maybe hadn't seen that movie yet to nominate her for the Oscar. Right. And that is, that's her first nomination, but that's Kirby's first nomination Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. It took me a couple attempts to watch that because of, of the storyline itself. And I was trying to just stay focused with it. But Carrie Mulligan's performance on there, whew, it, it's, it's unexplainably dark. <laughs> yes. But she, she was good. Like she, she was absolutely good. Again, it took me a couple attempts to get through it. Um, maybe because of the movie itself, but her performance captivated me to get through it, if that makes sense. Yes, totally. I, I agree. That's definitely a difficult movie. It's not a movie that um, you can just throw on and watch and have a good mm-hmm. time with. Right. Um, but she does a very good job kind of carrying you through it. <laughs> Carry, carrying. <laughs> um, she definitely kind of threads the needle for us so that it, it's a little less difficult if you just kind of focus on her, but it's definitely not an easy movie, but it is a very good performance from her. Mm-hmm. Who's your Who's your prediction? Who you think will take the uh, Oscar in this category? I know <laughs> it's it's hard um, because Viola and Francis have won before, mm-hmm. um, and then you have these three actresses, two of whom this is their first time being nominated, who have not won before. And usually, the way the kind of Oscars tend to work is that. If there's an actress that is kind of fresh-faced, young, new to the scene, she's usually the one who's kind of going to win because the Oscars love to mint a new star, um, especially in the Best Actress category. So that could definitely work in Andrew Day's favor. Um, But right now, I'm thinking that because Viola won the SAG Award and because people love Viola Davis, because how could you not? Right. um, I could definitely see her getting the win as well she's won before but she won in supporting actress so i think a lot of people an actress like her we want to see viola davis with two academy awards we want to see her with the best actress academy award which she has not won she almost won for the help back in 2011 yeah, and that, that was the year where meryl street that went to meryl mm-hmm. yeah and that was that year Viola won the SAG award, but Meryl won the Oscar. Mm-hmm. So it, it could happen that Viola won the SAG award and then doesn't win the Oscar again this year. Um, I could also see Carrie Mulligan win, though. A lot of the predictors that I've seen have been saying Carrie Mulligan might be the one to win, which I think is interesting. I mm-hmm. don't see that happening, uh, but it could happen. We'll see. And this is definitely going to be a surprise no matter who wins because I feel like a lot of it is still so up in the air as to who the consensus will be because it's been a different actress winning the awards for pretty much all of the year. I agree. This, this is one category looking at all of this and you and I talked about it where it's just like, well, heck, any one of these women could win it. Like there is yeah. no, oh, she is you know, clear cut favorite above the others, everything. Any one of these women can get it because every single one of these 
women in this category have been either they won different awards at different shows mm -hmm. or have been just highly praised by the, the committee uh, of the, the Hollywood Foreign Press. Uh, it, I mean, good luck to any single one of them. I just say all of them are winning. Can they all tie? Can they all get a statue? Because their performances yes. were really, really, really good. Um, and I mean, we could get a, a tie in this category. Who knows? I just- It, it has happened before in Best yes. Actress. Yes, it has. So it could happen again. That's true. Actor in the lead role, Riz Ahmed. Oh, he was good in Love this Love him. Oh, he was so good in this one. This one, it, it was hard for me to watch this movie, but oh, his, his performance just brilliant. Sound of Metal. He's great. The brilliant Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Sir Anthony Hopkins, 83 years young for The Father. Gary Oldman in Mank. Stephen Yoon in Minari. This is another category, Ryan, where any one of them could take this home, but the incomparable, incomparable Chadwick Boseman to me, I just see it as him being a, just a clear cut favorite. Uh, and it just breaks my heart as well as yours and many of them that have been fans of his work for a very long time that he's not here uh, to accept this and, and you know, graciously, his amazing uh, wife has been, when Chadwick uh, won the SAG and he won the Golden Globe uh, and Critics' Choice and the NAACP Awards, um, she has just been absolutely amazing on saying just amazing words about him, his career, what he would say and everything else. I believe that she uh, is about to just make every one of us cry all over again. I believe that the award is gonna be his in this category. Absolutely. I think that if there's any category that I think we can say is like 100% we know who's going to win, it's going to be Chadwick Boseman winning Best Actor. Um, it's such a tragedy, like you said, that he's not going to be able to be there to accept the award. Um, I'm already getting emotional just thinking about his yes. wife accepting it for him. It's yeah. definitely going to be the moment of the night, I, I am sure. Uh, but yeah, I think that his performance already stands alone as such a great performance that's worthy of winning. But just the, the tragedy of it all just makes people, I think, want to vote for him even more because we're not going to have another Chadwick Boseman performance. So let's honor him now while we can with a performance that is just as worthy. I, I, I so agree with that. Was it the last person that was, uh, was not here to accept an award because he had passed away? Was it... Um... Heath Ledger, was that he, was he the last one? I think so, yeah. And that was the same thing too, where it was just every award he was winning because it was a great performance and people just really wanted to honor him and, you know, remember him for a great performance. And that was another very emotional speech from his family. So mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what is going to happen on Oscar night when she accepts that award. Yes, I, I agree. And I need to make sure that I'm prepared ahead of time because I just feel there's going to be some emotional things that's going to be pulling at my heartstrings, your heartstrings, and those that are going to be watching this. So I'm not getting a small little pack of tissues. It will be a big box. And, <laughs> you know, my whole entire feelings in my heart is going to be in this because it's, it's going to be, I feel it's going to be that kind of night. If a surprise out of this category could happen, if, if you know, and we all, we both know Chadwick is going to win this, but we've seen surprises before. Who would we be have. your dark horse of this category that would, could take it? Um, I just watched The Father this week. Oh my and 
it um i was blown away by it it devastated me um i thought it was brilliant mm -hmm. so if if i had to say someone in this category was my dark horse i would say anthony hopkins and the father mm -hmm. but any one of them they're all so good in this category all of them every single one of them steven yoon let me just give him his crowns and flowers for Minari. Mm -hmm. Absolutely great, absolutely brilliant. If you're not seeing it, brace yourself. You're gonna cry. If you don't cry, you're not human. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> Minari is just absolutely one of those films uh, that will make your emotions be, you know, you'll cheer, you'll cry, you'll boo, you'll get mad. You'll, you'll want to, you'll, you have so much hope for this family. And he, his performance in it was just really, really, really good. Uh, animated yeah. feature film, Onward, Over the Moon, mm -hmm. a Shaun the Sheep movie, movie, Farmageddon, Soul, and Wolf Walkers. I'm gonna tell you what, Onward was my jam. Okay, that was, <laughs> Ryan and I, backstory real quick, Ryan and I worked together at a movie theater and the last movie before we, this pandemic shut us down, everything else that I saw was Onward. And I, I've seen it twice after that. And I'm going, oh my gosh, this movie, the, the storyline, uh, you know, I just, I just absolutely love it. I love, you know, Tom Holland. I love, you know, just the whole, the whole character, all the characters that are in it, Octavia Spencer's character, because I love me some Octavia Spencer yeah. uh, in it. And then I think it was you again. And several people told me, Marisa, check out Soul. Oh, yes. That was good. And that's my, that's Beautiful. my pick. That was, that's my yeah. pick. What's yours? I mean, I, it's gotta be Soul. I mean, I'm honestly, I was surprised that Soul didn't get nominated in Best Picture because every now and then that happens where a Pixar movie especially will kind of break through and make it into Best Picture. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, oh, this, this could be a year where that happens again. So I was shocked that it didn't happen. But it is definitely... I think the movie to be, it, it's just such a creative movie. The animation is just drop dead beautiful. Um, it has great vocal animated performances. It's just, it's a great emotional movie. So I'm, I'm definitely rooting for Soul as well. It was good. It's one of those movies, you know, that along with all the, all the movies that we're talking about and that we're discussing that was pushed back with the exception of Onward in this one that, that ran on time. But it was, it's one of those movies where it was worth the wait. And, yes. I, and I, I, I was kind of skeptical of it because I'm going, okay, I need to see this in the theater. Why am I seeing it streaming and, and so forth and everything else? Absolutely good, absolutely brilliant. As you said, and as you described, I think that this one will take uh, the statue in this category. The cinematography, here's the thing. Those, these, the, the people that are responsible for the cinematography in, in this category, any one of them can win this because the cinematography captivated me in, in every single one of these films. Uh, I did not see one of them, uh, which is News of the World and Darius Wolski is nominated for that for cinematography. Uh, Sean Bob Bobbitt for Judas and the Black Messiah. His cinematography brilliance made you feel like you were there in every single scene. You were there in that powerful scene where um, Daniel Kaluuya's character uh, when he was uh, hyping up the crowd and telling them that, that he was somebody, you felt like you were sitting in the crowd itself uh, with that, that brilliant um, camera shot of everybody and, and Fred Hampton being on stage and, and, and everybody else looking back at him. Uh, that, that, that whole scene to me still, I mean, I got goosebumps still from that scene. Uh, Eric Masterschmidt from Mank, black and white, 
any black and white film that you you give me and you make it into current and you're telling a story of old Hollywood or something back in the day, you have to do it right. You have to do it justice. I think he did, he did it with this one. Joshua James Richards for Nomadland. I mean, you to me, I felt like I was walking in a nonstop panoramic uh, shot. Like I was just walking into a, a brilliance of, of part picture in uh, one of those uh, postcards. It was like a nonstop mm -hmm. travel into a postcard the way that the scenes were shot in that. But then again, again I mean, you throw Francis McDermott in there. Uh, to me, she's just <laughs> absolutely amazing. And Faydon yes. Papa Michael for The Trial of Chicago 7. So any one of them, and again, I didn't watch News of the World, but what are your thoughts? Who do you think is going to cap capture this for uh, Best Cinematography? I think that it's probably going to come down between Mank and Nomadland. Mm -hmm. um, Nomadland, the Academy loves to recognize cinematography that is kind of epic and sweeping with lots of beautiful scenery and I think that Nomadland kind of checks all those boxes. It was shot with IMAX cameras. I mean, so. shout out to last year's winner, 1917, because that... Also amazing. Yeah. yeah. Great yeah. cinematography in that movie. Um, but Mank, I could also see happening as well. The Academy likes to um, recognize when black and white is done very, very well. And I think that the black and white cinematography in Mank is pretty excellent. Um, that whole movie just looks, sounds, and feels like it was made in 1940. Um, so I could definitely see that being something that wins in this category for sure. Mm -hmm. That's that's my top two as well. So it's going to be interesting to see who gets that. Uh, Nomadland, it, I mean, slight edge over uh, Eric Master Schmidt for Mank to me. Uh, but both of those are the top two. Uh, they'll just have to duke it out and see who wins it. Runner up to me would be Scott uh, Sean Babbitt for Judas and the Black Messiah, just because the scenes there, you just feel like that you're in every single scene and the way that mm -hmm. the camera angles were all shot uh, of those powerful scenes. It was just absolutely brilliant. Uh, best director, Thomas Vinterberg, Another Round, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao, Nomadland, and Emerald Fennel, Promising Young Woman, how in the world Regina King is not in here for One Night in Miami? I, I don't understand it. I don't know. I just, the, the one I'm not familiar with is Thomas Spencerberg for another round because I did not see him uh, in uh, a previous category on an award show. And maybe you have, and I just missed it. Um, I just feel like that he possibly may have bumped her out of this category. And there, I mean, to have two women in here for best director is, is epic in my opinion, should be three, but yes, I agree. <laughs> um, Chloe Zhao is going to set history um, and be the second woman to win it second. Okay. Hollywood foreign press. Y'all got to do a lot better than this. A second woman to win this, which she will uh, for Nomadland. Uh, she's been getting all the accolades, all the awards, all the uh, praise for, um, for her direction in this film. What do you think? Yeah, I think that it will be shocking if it's not Chloe Zhao. Um, she has won, I think I saw an article that said she's won the most like best directing awards ever in like a single award season. Mm -hmm. uh, she's won, it's like every time that I look at a list of who won this critics award, who won that award, it's her name is there for best director. Right. Um, and like totally deserving too. Um, that whole movie that was one of the last movies that I saw. I kind of had been putting it off a little bit because I knew it was going to 
be very, very affecting. And I was like, I want to save that towards the end of my um, Oscar journey. And uh, it was definitely worth the wait for me. I thought it was just such a beautiful, touching, sad, but also hopeful movie. And um, her whole approach to the way that she directs movies with these like non-professional actors and incorporating their story into the story, I think is really mm -hmm. fascinating and was very effective in this movie. So I, I think that she's the one to be in this category for sure. But this is another category with a lot of, you know, really great people nominated. It would have been nice to have seen Regina King in here. Um, Thomas Vinterberg for another round was definitely a surprise on Oscar nomination mm -hmm. morning. Um, the director's branch is kind of known for sometimes throwing in one or two kind of surprise directing nominations. Um, they're one of the more international branches in the Academy. Uh, so there are a lot of European, Asian, South American, all sorts of all over the world directors are in the best director branch uh, for the Academy. So there's every now and then we'll see one of the foreign language films kind of pop in there for best director as well. Um, but it definitely would have been nice to have seen Regina King nominated. It would have been. Lie. I mean, if, he's not, if he, anybody has not seen One Night in Miami, absolutely brilliant. Um, Leslie Oldham Jr., you know, nominated for his role in it. Just so, so, so good. And I wish she was nominated for her work. But again, we already know she's just absolutely brilliant. And to me, yes. can't do no wrong. And to her, as another actor, an actress that has evolved going from an actress to now behind the camera and directing. I think this was her first one, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. I think this is her first film that she has directed and it's gotten so much praise and accolades as it should because the way the storyline and the cast that's in it, absolutely, absolutely good. And now, best picture. Ooh. Any one of these to me can get it. Any, I mean, this category is, it's got some good wins and it's, and it's hard for me to, not hard for me, it's actually the first time in a long time that I will say that these films that are, are nominated were good, were absolutely good. Um, and you can see, I'll pick, you know, several of them that I'll know, oh my gosh, that one should have won that, or that one's a clear cut favorite and everything else. To me personally, I think any one of these films can win it um, just because, I mean, just a, a captive audience like yourself, me, people that have talked about it, uh, absolutely good. Uh, Best Picture nominees, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of Chicago 7. Ryan, school us real quick on when best picture nomination, best picture, best films are nominated in this category of best picture, what is the, the committee looking for when they are looking to nominate a film? Um, and it's more than just, you know, the actor, the actress, uh, the script and everything else. What is that person that's sitting on that committee when they vote and, you know, the final tally of who the, the, these, these um, films are in there what is it that they're looking for to put to say hey this picture is the best picture in my opinion what is it that they look for i think that um every academy member is probably different but 
if you read enough articles and interviews with people who are Academy members where they talk about what it is that they're voting for, um, mm -hmm. the Hollywood Reporter every year does this series called Brutally Honest Oscar Voter. I don't know if you've ever read any of those articles, yes. but um, they can sometimes be funny and sometimes they can be very cringe because sometimes I'm like, wow, um, Marisa and I should be in the Academy and this person should not. Um, right. <coughs> um, excuse me. But I think that ultimately at the end of the day, the thing that the Academy is always going to respond to most is emotion. Um, the movie that I think elicits the strongest emotional response is probably what is going to resonate with them the most. Um, if you just look back at the last couple of years, a lot of like really strong technical movies have won as well. So I think that technical achievement is also a very big deal for the Academy. Mm -hmm. So usually if a movie has a lot of really strong technical skill and technical achievement, but also can still satisfy the really strong emotional reaction and emotional connection with an audience. That's kind of almost always going to be the movie that wins. Um, but also the Academy really likes to um, award movies that are about Hollywood. Um, so that could definitely give Mank the edge since it is very kind of an inside baseball Hollywood movie. Mm -hmm. uh, so I could see a lot of Academy voters going for Mank because it just, it looks great. It's a, you know, a technical marvel how they made that movie look and sound and feel like such a vintage classic movie. Um, but it also satisfies, you know, the ego of artists and seeing themselves on screen and the struggles that they go through. So I, I could see that happening. Um, but the thing to um, also kind of know about the way that Best Picture is voted on, um, because I think a lot of people don't really know this, is that they do a preferential ballot when they vote on best picture. So they have to rank all of the best pictures one through eight, one being their favorite, eight being their least favorite. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that the accountants that tabulate the uh, votes for the Oscars will basically go through and whatever movie has the most number one votes automatically goes through the next round. And then that movie is no longer like you can't count votes for that. And now the next movie that's on that list gets the number one votes, basically. So the movies that win Best Picture are not necessarily always the ones that have number one the most on all the ballots. It's the people that have the most like one, two or three. So that's why sometimes we get movies like The Shape of Water, which is a fantastic movie. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but um, you're kind of like, oh, that was Best Picture that year, um, because that was probably a movie that was number two or number three on a lot of people's ballots, even though it may not have been number one. Right. Um, this year, it's kind of hard to tell, though, because they're all such good movies. So you're like, yeah. okay, what could be number one, two or three on this person's list that could make that be the most consensus? I think that what will probably be Best Picture ultimately is probably going to be Nomadland. Um, just because it has won the most awards. Um, it won Best Picture at the Producers Guild Award, which uses the same preferential balloting system. Mm -hmm. So if Nomadland can win the PGA on a preferential ballot, its likelihood of winning is stronger at the Oscars as well. Um, this is all very technical mumbo jumbo. <laughs> but No, it, it's, it's because you have people that are fans of movies. You have people that this is their life. Like they are, you know, they go, they have their social media and their whole uh, brand about 
going through movies and giving their opinions about them. And then you have, you know, you and I or other podcast folk that talk about different things in entertainment and media and the actors and actresses and, and all that. So when you, for the best picture, and this is why I can say, like I said, for the longest time, this category, all of them were good. And, and I yeah. watched all of them. And it's the first time ever that I've done that. So, you know, round of applause to me that I actually, <laughs> cause they were just really good movies. Again, Promising Young Woman took me a couple of times to just crank it through. And I think P Carrie Mulligan's performance pulled me through that because I was just captivated by the uh, performance she gave of the movie itself. But all of them are good. Um, I, I agree with you, No Bad Land. It, it, it's probably gonna win Best Picture. Um, as well as you know the cinematography as as it as it is uh my runner-up would be judas and the black messiah just because this i mean to watch a movie three times and just see something <laughs> new in it every single time and just the brilliance of the cast and daniel kaluuya Luya and lakeith stanfield it, i mean just all of it overall it's just, it just absolutely brilliant. Mank would be my runner, runner up. Uh, but like I said, any one of these. Uh, I think too, this was the first time with the exception of Mank. Um, and well, no, I can't say the Chicago Trial 7. This is the first time too where these movies pulled some emotions out of me. Like I, wow. <laughs> either I was sobbing <laughs> or it got me to pause and reflect and thinking, you know, my eyes welled up or, you know, I dropped a tear or two. Minari had me sobbing like a child. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, the father, I was like, oh my God. It had me like call and check on my dad and check on my mom. And yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it just, it, it was, it, it was, I don't even, I, I'm trying to like think of words, but the only words I can come up and say is like every single one of these films, deservedly so, in this category, being nominated and overall brilliance to everybody involved, actors, actresses, um, directors, cinematographers, those that wrote the script, uh, those that did it based off of people that were, um, that were actually being Judas and the Black Messiah and The Trial of Chicago 7 and Mank. So, so, so good, so good. Um, yes. We had a little bit of breaking news while you and I were talking. Uh, actor in his own rights, as well as artist, uh, rap artist DMX, otherwise known as Earl Simmons, unfortunately has passed away at the age of 50. Oh, no. uh, he was, uh, um, people can read about it because I don't want to go into uh, the sadness of it and what landed him uh, in the coma and so forth. Everything else was very well known with the Rough Riders and a rap artist in the 90s. Um, with a lot of hits. Uh, think of his family, pray for his family. Uh, but DMX is, uh, was in one of my favorites back in the day, Romeo Must Die and Cradle to the Grave. Uh, you may call them you know, horrible acting cheesy movies. I liked them early 2000s and who, else, who can do no wrong? Uh, Aaliyah, late Aaliyah was in Romeo Must Die. And then the brilliance yeah. of Jet Li, uh, Cradle to the Grave. I think that uh, DMX was good. Those are my two favorite DMX movies that he was in so thoughts and prayers to his family uh that they're going through a difficult time um and yeah you know just hopefully 
they'll do some kind of tribute to him. I know that I don't know if the Academy will do something when they do their inner memorandum piece. I hope they do something for him. I because, hope they do too. I mean, he was an actor um, and, you know, always was uh, involved in his craft and evolving his craft like Tupac did. He involved his craft, you know, from music into acting uh, as well, the late Tupac Shakur. So uh, thoughts and prayers to his family. Uh, one thing that I want to dive into is best original song. Uh, some of these songs that I, I absolutely love from the movies were just just absolutely great. And I mean, I already, I, I'm already rooting for one of them already because she's just absolutely amazing. And she already won an award for her, her brilliant writing, which is her. Uh, so music for best original song, Fight For You, which is from Judas and the Black Messiah. Music by her and Daenerys Emile II, lyric by her and T Tiara Thomas. Hear My Voice from the movie, The Trial of Chicago 7, music by Daniel Pemberton, lyrics by Daniel Pemberton and Celeste Waite. Uh, don't, don't get mad at me when I butcher this. I'm so sorry. Husevic uh, from the That's Eurovision. Right. Thank you. Song Contest, The Story of the Fire Saga, music and lyric by Savan Kocheva, Fat Max Gus. Hope I said it right, Gus, because there's an extra S in there. And Ricard yeah. Goranson. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, scene from the movie The Life Ahead. It's music by Diane Warren and lyric by Diane Warren and Laura Fossini. Diane Warren. I mean, she's the queen of songwriting. Like <laughs> she's, she's been nominated a lot, but has never won. So th this could that be the is, year That for is her crazy to me. I read that. She has yeah. never won an Academy Award. I'm like, the woman's got like shelves. And I was like, yeah. I'm serious. I was searching through it and I'm going, there is no way. And sure enough, she has not. Speak Now from One Night in Miami, music and lyric by Leslie Odom Jr. So that's another Academy Award nomination for him. And Sam mm -hmm. Ashworth, if you had not heard Speak Now, Leslie Odom Jr. is not just only, you know, just Hamilton, which he was brilliant in. And I may have seen Hamilton more times that I can count on these two brilliant hands, just because him and Lynn Miranda, Lynn Manuel Miranda are, are phenomenal in it. David Diggs, the whole entire cast, uh, Philip Bosu, all of them, they're just, uh, Elise uh, Goldsberry, just, just brilliant. Um, but it, it, for me, I, I'm a fan of her. I love her. Uh, I see her walking away with this uh, along with, um, Tierra Thomas and Durst Emile II for Fight For You from the movie Judas and the Black Messiah. If you've not heard that soundtrack, it, it's so good. It's so good. Runner up to that for me would be Speak Now with Leslie Odom Jr. and Sam Ashworth. Again, Leslie Odom Jr. can sing the phone book, I'd buy it. Um, yeah. It's his, his vocals in this movie, of this song, of this track, very good, uh, in my opinion. Have you heard any of these songs? The only one that I have heard, the only ones that I have heard are Fight For You, Hear My Voice, and Speak Now. So I guess I actually have heard most of them. <laughs> I've, so my prediction for this category is I could see it being Fight For You for sure. I think that is a great song. That's mm -hmm. definitely one of the more memorable ones of this list for me. Agreed. Um, but I could definitely see them... You know, Leslie Odom Jr. may not win Supporting Actor, but maybe he wins Best Original Song. That way, we're still honoring Leslie this evening. I could mm -hmm. see the Academy voters maybe thinking that way. Um, 
I'm excited to see the performances though. I'm, I'm hoping that they'll too. be very, 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 very exciting and good because they usually are very emotional, these performances with these big soaring kind of anthems. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they are and how it all comes out. I am too. It's going to be an amazing night uh, for sure. And again, a little bit different because of the pandemic and everything. But who do you think, Ryan, of all of this, we went and talked about the categories and everything else. And, you know, we got shouts out to those, uh, the costumes and the makeup and different ones that we did not touch upon because those are the ones where I just feel, in my opinion, every single one of them are winners to me because of the craft that they do. I mean, for you yeah. to put on, you know, someone to, to, to age someone, or if you're doing a medieval piece, or, you know, you're putting, you know, uh, fitting a wig on somebody, you see them walking around in the streets and then they're dressed up where they're portraying somebody in the early forties and it's 2021. I mean, kudos to you for your craft that you do. Well, who do you think uh, of all of this is going to have a big night? Um, I mean, in my head, I, I just think, I think, I think, <laughs> I think Nomadland for some reason, Nomadland and um, possibly Judas and the Black Messiah may have a big night. Uh, but what are your thoughts uh, now that we get ready to wrap up our, our discussion here about the Oscars? Yeah, I think right now, just from, the movie itself and the way that people have been responding to it, I do think that Nomadland will probably kind of be the big story of the evening. Mm -hmm. um, but I could see Judas and the Black Messiah. I could even see the trial of the Chicago 7 kind of being more of a surprise. Um, both of those movements are, movies are very timely, very relevant. Even Nomadland is a very timely, relevant movie. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that especially these times right now where everyone is feeling very timely and relevant. I could see a lot of voters kind of going for those movies because those seem to be the movies that people are responding the most to emotionally. Um, but yeah, I think Nomadland is probably going to be, you know, our big takeaway from the evening. It'll probably win best picture. It'll probably win best director. I could see it winning cinematography. I could see it winning. Um, I think it's nominated in editing. Let me double check. I believe, I believe it is. I it, it winning in editing. editing. Yep. So that could be something that it's everyone's favorite movie, and everyone's just going to vote for it. We could, I could see that happening for sure. Personally, I like it when the awards are kind of spread out between all the movies. I don't like it when one movie just wins everything the whole time. Mm -hmm. So I would like the story of the evening to be, you know, every movie got at least one award or some kind of recognition, and there I wasn't agree. just one kind of major sweep because as we've mentioned a thousand times already today we love these movies these are all such good movies i would hate to see you know one of these movies walk away with nothing mm -hmm. I, I agree with you it's going to be an absolutely fun night april 25th you will see and follow myself follow ryan we will be on the twitter fingers we'll be on twitter we... uh going through and getting ready ourselves i think we should do ryan we should like dress up for this occasion i don't think we've dressed oh. up in a while I think we should and kind of like, you know, do some still shots of us and get everybody, you know, pumped up and hyped up of, of the Oscars. And, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe you're too, maybe down the road or so where, if, you know, the Academy is listening. Ryan and I would love an invite to, you know, kind of be a correspondence or, you know, we could set up our show. And who knows? You know, I always dream big. So you never know what could happen. So. How can people get a hold of you, Ryan? Where are you on the social? 
You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Ellerman. Ellerman has two L's and two N's. Um, or you can follow me on Instagram at Ryan underscore Hathaway. It's like Anne Hathaway, but with an R-Y at the beginning because I'm a lunatic. <laughs> um, or you can uh, go to my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Ryan Ellerman. And subscribe to this YouTube channel. When I tell you that Ryan drops a lot of amazing movie knowledge. He's my go-to for all things entertainment and movies because he's just brilliant like that and amazing like that and has recommended some really great television shows and some movies too. So Ryan, thank you so much again. You know I'm gonna bug you all the way through, all the way up to the Oscars and the Academy Award. And we're gonna do this again when the award season comes around. We're gonna have to make this a, a, a yearly habit that we have where we just yes. connect up with all kinds of movies and uh, movies and awards and we talk about our favorites and the ones that should have been and the ones that are like i'll take a hard pass <laughs> yes <laughs> which luckily this year there were not a lot of some years there's yeah. a lot of those this is one of those rare years and hopefully they they keep it going and uh, make this happen every single year where they get the right movies actresses actors and um, in, in the categories and nominate the right one. So Ryan Ellerman, thank you. Thank you, Marisa. This was so much fun. Thank you. This for was amazing. Me. This is absolutely amazing. Again, the Academy Awards is April 25th. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And as I always end the show, take care, stay safe. Everything she says is truth. If you don't know now, you know all you ever gotta say is hurt that, hurt that, hurt that, hurt that, hurt that. Look all you ever gotta say is hurt that, hurt that. Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at heardthatwithmarisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa Tigney Podcast, on Twitter at Lovely Marisa T, as well as Facebook on a social media page, Heard That With Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support. Everything she says is truth. If you don't know now, you know all you ever gotta say is hurt that, hurt that, hurt that, hurt that, hurt that. Look all you ever gotta say is hurt that.